Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for saying yes. Um, I originally reached out because I wanted to, like I said to you, I wanted to get people that are online and doing their thing and connect with one another and encourage one another. And I think this is the perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah. So that's your little studio that you got going for online classes and so forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of obviously uh, online classes and I really wanted to create a background that um, spoke to what I do and who I am mm. and um, yeah, also to create a sense of support behind me. So the, the cloth behind me is a tiger and um, the tiger represents so many different things and different traditions, as I'm mm. sure you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What does it represent for you? Um, well, you know, I actually haven't worked with the tiger much. Um, in our tradition, in the Sangoma tradition, it's it's more what calls you. And then, then you start to work with that energy and you start to understand it. And for me, the tiger it hasn't really come into for me yet so i would like to know what it means for you and how it's been working cool <laughs> yeah well sure the tiger has come to me first of all my chinese astrology sign is a tiger and um in different traditions it can mean different things but overall for me what i've discovered about the tiger is independence strength the tiger is not one to to be a pack animal so it's very independent, um, which has its pros and cons. And um, it's about knowing, really getting in touch with who you are and your primal side. Tigers as a cat animal are very primal and raw. So it's connecting to the rawness of yourself and connecting to independence. And also it's associated, it's got a lot of Shakti energy associated with it. So it's about the divine feminine as well and um, the tiger sort of supports the divine feminine and um, protects it too mm. Mm. Wow. Mm. wow that's amazing and it speaks right when yeah. you said that rawness i immediately just um thought about the kundalini and and that raw energy that primordial energy that, that you're working with um, yeah. yeah. So let's actually get straight into what what is Kundalini energy? Sure. That's such a big question, and I knew obviously you you're gonna ask this based on the topic of our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just like to say, you know, I'm no as much as I'm I'm on this path. I'm I wouldn't say I'm you know like a a guru or an expert or like a renowned researcher in this field. But um, yeah, well, you're a seeker, yeah, just like everyone else. I suppose, yeah. Mm. Seeker, mm. seeker, definitely, 
describes it. Um, but yeah, from my from what I've learned and experienced, Kundalini energy is it's a dormant energy within us. So it's a physical, it's a tangible energy. There is research actually showing the Kundalini energy in different ways. So it's a dormant energy that sits within all of us. So physically, it sits at the base of our spine. Um, and it's an energy that we are born with. It's flowing when we're born. And generally in society and through a variety of experiences, unfortunately, it starts to, it can become, get shut down. Um, but the energy itself is, it's, it's our creative potential. It's our life force energy. It's an energy that flows throughout our chakra systems, which is our energy systems in our body. Um, it's an energy that it's, it can be associated with the snake energy. And the reason why is because it's, it's, it literally means coiled, coiled hair. So it's, it's almost like a coiledness, coiled snake energy that sits at the base of our spine. The snake kind of came into play in later traditions and definitions, but it's, it's not one of the kind of, it's not wholeheartedly snake energy. It's, it's our divine energy. It's our infinite potential. It's our, it's an energy that flows within us. It's the, it's the nerve of the soul. Um, it's an energy that can only be in, experienced in many ways. It can't be intellectualized. You know, you can intellectualize and study it for days, but mm. it's a, it's an intelligence in its own right. And it, it awakens different parts of, of us at different moments. Um, that's that in a nutshell. <laughs> okay, that's very nice. Um, thank you for sharing because, I mean, I think we've all experienced a little bit about it and there's many different names that, um, that associate with Kundalini. It's all in the different traditions and things, things like that. So when you're talking about the, um, that creative force, that, that inner energy that's within you, it makes me think of just who you truly are as a human being, you know, and that expression of, of you, that divine spark within you. And my message has always been, um, the alchemy of remembrance. How do we remember that spark? And I think Kundalini yoga is, is one of those ways of, of awakening that, that energy within you and remembering that energy, because I think as it starts to, arise or as it starts to flow within you uh, you do feel like a sense of remembrance or something that's familiar but i'm sure it can also be quite intense when it starts to rise when it starts to rise yeah <laughs> totally um i must say i'm so grateful to kundalini yoga and training in this tradition because it's been a really safe contained way to learn and hold and grow into this energy. I feel like I've been doing this for a few years and it feels like I'm still, um, I still have a long way to go. And there's so much more to, to experience on this journey. Um, and yeah, it, it definitely is intense. Um, and it, it manifests differently for different people, right? So I can't write you know, a whole book about it and say, this is how it's gonna look. Um, but the Kundalini yoga itself can give sort of guidance to, to, um, 
navigate through through the intensity and for me when I started this journey it's um, a lot of my external world started changing so I was immediately hit with internal chaos so it was very amplified mm -hmm. and the external stuff happening in my world started changing a lot um, especially within my family energetic field um, and uh, my teacher actually shared with me at some point that when you start to work with the kundalini energy you're you're almost raising the kundalini energy for your ancestors as well so you blocks that they had are coming through you mm. at each point at each chakra which is like whew, it's a lot to sit with it's big wow. <laughs> it's really big to like okay. hold in my heart right now but um yeah mm. sure yeah. so so what called you to this path like i like i like to ask this question because it paints a story uh your story and that story can relate to many other people that are um, going through some changes and shifts and um, kundalini could be a, a tool for them to to get into because of the same feelings that they've been having so what how did it start for you your journey to get here I think, you know, I've always been one to connect with spirit and God. And um, I was lucky from a young age to have tarot cards and angel cards around me and learning through symbols. Um, and I think the universe started planting symbols around me in different ways. And I, uh, one experience I remember um, was in my early 20s. I went to a Reiki healer and um, she gave me guidance. One of her messages, she was also a psychic medium, and she said one of her messages, uh, one of her messages were that I would work with the Kundalini energy. And uh, my, my basic understanding of Kundalini energy was that it's sexual energy. I yeah. really thought it was yeah. purely sexual energy. You know, it's like, and so I was like, ooh, Kundalini uh, in, on one level. And the other level, I was like, Kundalini, what, you know, what is that? It's like, so random like that's not helping me in my life right now type of vibe um but it was a seed it was such a strong seed and then i um was lucky enough to travel at one point to amsterdam for a festival that i attended and they had all sorts of classes in the morning and i attended a kundalini yoga class and i, I then started to connect the dots i loved the class i thought it was like quite strange initially but it was i felt so good afterwards mm. Um, and then from there, I came back to South Africa and then um, a friend of mine mentioned a donation-based Kundalini yoga class. And I was like, oh, Kundalini, there, there it is again. So I started attending the classes and then there was training coming up and I literally, I just flowed into it. I was like, yeah, this training, it, it feels right. It feels good. Off I go. And also previously I had... Um, Previously and kind of during that time, I went through a Gobongo process with, with the Sangoma, mm. um, which is basically a clearing process. It was a week of um, purging, so drinking medicines, purging, um, sleeping on the floor, waking up at various times, praying, you know, puzzling. Mm -hmm. And um, through that process, uh, I was actually shown various parts of my path and and the yoga was was one of them so it was it was a confirmation and it was really just trusting the flow hey and trusting yeah trusting the flow <laughs> mm. 
mm. in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the. I mean, there was like training to work with the Kundalini even before work, but I guess the way that um, <laughs> it was calling you, it was working with you since the, since the dawn of time. <laughs> it was always there, the little seed. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. you were just flowing, and you were flowing just with it, flowing with it every day. Wow, every day. Wow. Mm. Um, flowing with it and resisting it at the same time. Mm. But I think that you know, resisting it is also part of the process as well. <laughs> and is still some resisting. Is resisting a bad thing? Resisting a bad thing? No, not at all. I, I don't think one can label mm. it as bad or good. It's yeah. just. In my experiences, my stubbornness and resistance has actually been a, an ally of sorts. And it's like my guides and ancestors have tested me with, with that. And kind of like in order to own and reclaim and sit in my power, I've had to resist and be stubborn at times. And I sometimes I feel the brunt of that in order to learn. But it's been part of the process to strengthen and maintain energy mm. yeah it's interesting because i was i was sharing what came up yesterday evening for me when i was doing some free flow writing and um and um i don't even know i think it was also just just not planning this conversation and or not planning any conversations and sort of flowing also with the energies of what's happening now where we don't actually understand where we're going in society now and, and you know the whole world taking a stop and we're used to structure we we used to planning and and now it's like we have to quite um literally surrender and rest into this energy of, of flowing with as it comes day by day and that also can be quite uh, yeah, I wouldn't say scary, but it's just something different. And and there's this less confidence, but um, you know, you're talking about that shakti energy, the feminine, the discipline. Um, some most of my life, I've been working with disciplines, especially in in health, um, working with diet and and things that I put in my body. But then also other disciplines like meditation and breath work. And, um, basically, I like to, to optimize my life and, and how I feel. And, and if I can find ways to, to better that, then I would. And what I've found recently is, is because we're stuck in this place now, in our homes, I've been doing some more disciplines and keeping a schedule. But... It seems like it seems like like something that's quite you know rigid and structured and there's no flow there's no free energy to flow anywhere but anywhere but when i when i look at how i'm interacting in my life it's like those disciplines help for the freedom of the energies to flow a lot easier and it creates that um, structure structure for that kundalini energy or for that feminine energy to flow in the way that she needs to flow for me in my own body. Um, and this is quite a, quite a cool thing to see the balance between the masculine and the feminine in that aspect. 
Totally. And the masculine energy is all about awareness and holding for the feminine within each of us, regardless of gender. Um, yeah. And I guess the whole connection with the Kundalini energy is a balance between masculine and feminine. The energy itself is not purely feminine. It's not purely masculine. It's the wholeness and completeness of both um, interacting and engaging and holding each one at different times and um, yeah I always admire your your discipline and your ability to to have that uh, structure and um, you know that structure works differently for different people I think some people prefer a wider more open structure some prefer that you know hourly or every two hour kind of knowing of what they need to be doing and um, in order to align differently with their cellular system if that's their their calling. I think a lot of people feel pressure. I think as soon as there's pressure or like resistance or angst actually towards towards whatever structure you're trying to create in your life, it's it's sometimes okay just to have space to flow and not have structure maybe. Um, there's people who have strict rigid structure and perhaps they need to allow for space. Um, and to like try a day with no structure. Some people, yeah. that's really hard for some people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it sounds like you're also like planting seeds throughout your day of, of creating more expansion for yourself in connection to others and I'm sure in connection to your work too. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, um, there was something that came up uh, that I wanted to come to oh, the the whole the whole thing with the ancestral healing that you were doing and how you were talking about how the kundalini actually awakened some of the uh, traumas or suffering that ancestors had so so that's where i want to i want to go now what what if you experienced or how how can someone navigate that? Because especially those that don't have wisdom of their, their ancestors or working with that. Because I'm sure it can, the, the feelings that you feel during those times can be quite intense. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure you I'm sure you have experience with that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's such a there's no map for it, hey? There's no specific map. Um, but I think the process of getting in touch with ancestral wounds, um, ancestral wounds are, are visible to us in the living, in the now. If you look at your parents, if you look at your grandparents, if you look at your siblings, your cousins, any family, and you see reoccurring patterns flowing, whether it's addiction, whether it's behavioral patterns, whether it's toxic, uh, toxic negativity, um, whether it's lack and poverty consciousness, I mean, these are kind of universal themes that can flow within any any ancestral line. Um, when you start to to look at those things, it's it's alive. It's alive around you. So you can start to look at it around you. And then the Kundalini energy and awakening of that started to help me. I wouldn't say help because... <laughs> It didn't feel helpful, but it felt intense. Started to to allow me to feel the the wounds within myself, 
and that manifested emotionally. It manifested through relationships, um, through the different relationships I attracted and drew to me, and um, intimate relationships, friendships. It manifested in in just feeling, actually feeling, literally feeling. Um, and when I say feeling, I mean emotional feeling, but also physical. Uh, physical sensation in the body I got to different points in my in my energy field in my chakras where I'd be working with one chakra specifically for a long time and there would be my stuff and then ancestral stuff and sometimes it's hard to navigate which is what whose is whose and in some way it doesn't really matter ultimately when you go through the process of healing you're either healing yourself and your ancestral lineage or just yourself or both there's this, I don't think there's, there's actually just yourself. There's definitely an interplay between between that. And um, a lot of things changed in my living family when I started this process. A uh, lot. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's quite cool when you can see the, the ripple of effects when you're working with your own healing and your ancestral healing. And it actually plays out into your family's lives and you can see the what's happening the dynamics that change very interesting mm. yeah. and i think just to say just something that's coming that's alive in my mind and heart right now i'm not a parent but just um connecting to parents and especially mothers who carry children in their womb you know when they're carrying a child their kundalini energy no matter where it's at whether it's very suppressed or very alive begins to be channeled to that child. And I think when um, when that child is born, there's still a connection for, the, for like a few years. And then later on, that connection is naturally supposed to kind of be, you know, disconnected so that the child can embrace their own infinite potential. But I think what happens a lot um, is that connection stays alive um, and it can create things like codependency and inability for the child to live its higher purpose and the mother to also live her higher purpose and imagine the father in some way too. Um, so it's interesting how that, that connection of Kundalini at birth is meant to transform and manifest and grow us, but sometimes it gets stuck. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm mentioning this just because of an example. I, I had a student who started almost taking back her Kundalini energy. So she was a mother and she had an older child and when she started taking it back there was a huge ripple effect in the family um yeah i don't i don't want to mention more than that but yeah, yeah that's yeah. <laughs> just something that's that is alive right now yeah and you know well like what what kind of benefits can we see when we start to to work with our kundalini energy or just 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 start to tap into who we truly are and and saying yes to to that part of remembering um maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the benefits that you've experienced and how you've come to where you are now hmm. that's a very cool question um <laughs> <laughs> to actually name and feel and acknowledge the benefits, um, even though the journey can be quite tough. Yeah. Of course, there are benefits. Um, sure. So I think physically, 
a lot of healing can take place when tapping into the kundalini energy so healing any physical ailments that you have things like you know things that people suffer with on a daily basis things like allergies or problems with digestion or anxiety it's a huge healer for anxiety um because it, it helps you expand and be able to capacitate and hold all your emotions and yeah. deep emotions, things like grief and terror, which we don't experience um, necessarily daily, especially terror, because we're not faced with necessarily, you know, danger in our face, in our immediate um, attention. So it's, it's definitely a way to help heal anxiety. Um, it's a way to embrace more of your creativity and have the confidence. I think one of the benefits is, is gaining confidence for what you truly feel in your heart and confidence to shine your light, confidence to speak up within relationship, intimate relationship and friendship and with your coworkers or your boss. Um, it also gives courage to, to take that leap of faith into, into your highest destiny um, it clears, it's a clearer of notes. So that can be initially sometimes painful, but ultimately it's, it's, it's a blessing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And I can see the courage, um, that it gave, that it gave you because like I said, I, I take my hat off to, to those that are on online and sharing and having classes and, um, it's, it's, it's quite a thing. It's not something small. And you've done such a good job to, to be where you are now. Because it's like, um, it's not just being vulnerable to, to a small group of people. It's being vulnerable to the world. And that takes huge, huge um, courage to do. And I'm sure it's been um, a process in your own right. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, I must say the the whole lockdown and coronavirus has pushed me almost. You know, it's like I've got more time. I'm not out and about. What can I offer that is um, possibly of benefit, even just to select few and not have any expectation of the outcome. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a good place for self acceptance, especially when you watch your own videos. I'm sure, maybe. <laughs> You've been doing this for ages, but I'm sure you would know, you know, watching back at yourself. And if you say a word funny or a lisp comes through or my mouth does something awkward or which I interpret as awkward, it's it's definitely a, a good way to insult with good lesson in self-acceptance. Yeah. And also having trolls. So, yeah, having a troll, like say some really negative stuff, um, mm. moving past that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of lessons people can learn from from being vulnerable online. Online. Um, I was actually just looking at some of my old computer and I was going through some old things like deleting some stuff. And I actually found some old, old, like my very first podcast. And this was before mm -hmm. it was even the alchemy of remembrance, before I was even Sangoma, before like <laughs> it, all, it all. And I think this time is quite funny how it, it brings um, those like reflective times because now um, 
I don't know what called me to go to that computer and, and actually get all this stuff. But it was, mm. it was really like now I'm really getting into that reflecting time of where I was. Because also, also this, this journey, and we, know we don't have to just speak about Kundalini because it's all, you know, it's all the same of, of walking the path of remembrance. So wherever that takes you, and that's your own Kundalini taking you on the path that you need to be to, to get to finding out who you truly are. And um, that going back to those podcasts, it's like going back to when I just started my journey. And it's, it's quite cool to actually reflect and have time for that because once you start this journey, there's like hardly any time to reflect or go back or, you know, the reality that you live in right now is your reality mm -hmm. and you, you don't really compare to where you were you, you just get caught up in, in the moment of, of transformation and change and but it happens so subtly that you don't realize how much has actually been changing mm. Mm, nice yeah. and you mentioned the word subtle um i think working with any sort of self-development, whether it's connected directly to the Kundalini energy or healing energy, um, we it's so easy to take for granted the subtleness of experiences or the subtle moments that can mean so much in our lives. Because um, we, you know, I think society with modern society, there's a lot of thrill-seeking and instant gratification that. If you just slow down and notice the subtle, you'll experience so much more pleasure and expansion and awakening. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's very true. So, because I mean, I've always like, just had ideas of the Kundalini awakening in this like, <laughs> like expansive experience. So it's, it's definitely the <laughs> It can be. There are people who, um, you know, you can literally go on YouTube, go get a meditation that's like, you know, awaken your Kundalini right now. <laughs> and I've actually heard of people experiencing that and it shoots wow. up and they're not ready for it. It's like, mm. it's like trying to eat a meal you haven't even cooked yet and yes. trying to eat the pot and the raw food and all of that. Yeah. Um, but I suppose that, you know, it's not to negate those experiences. It also can be part of the process. Um, but uh, yeah, I think people do pay a price who, who force it. Mm. Mm. So, Kundalini yoga then is that the practice of becoming ready for it, for the Kundalini to arise? Because you're talking about, okay, okay, yeah. Definitely prepares the body, prepares the energy systems, allows you to go on a journey of showing you and revealing your blocks, your gifts, your wounds, your treasures that you have to offer the world um yeah and it's 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 often known and named as a technology so it's it, it works scientifically on the energy systems and there's research you know that backs up a lot of what it does so huh. yeah it does prepare the body and the mind of course and the nervous system mm. Mm. that's awesome so you do classes um, online, online, 
now? What are you doing every day? Um, I do classes on Tuesday, yeah, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and then okay. also private sessions online, yeah. Mm. And I saw you're also doing live ones for, for public, or how does that work? Yeah, um, on Facebook, I do midday meditations on Facebook Live on my page. Um, so 30, it's from 12 p.m. to 12.30. And yeah, we just do a, either an 11-minute meditation or two three-minute meditations. And um, yeah, it's just a little taste of, of Kundalini Yoga meditations. Yeah, what can happen, but also just to reconnect to your day, to yourself. So that if you, your day started off badly, it doesn't have to continue that way. You can yeah. have a break, realign your psyche, mm. and move forward. Mm. So is the meditation different to the yoga, or is, that, is it all the same meditation in yoga? Well, I guess, you know, in each, um, when you attend a Kundalini Yoga class, typically you, you go through a Kriya, which is like a set, and that can be like 40 minutes long. And then there's a relaxation and then a meditation after the relaxation. So the meditations in, in themselves can, does work on the energy, but it uses specifically more uh, sound uh, mudra, which is hand positions, and mantra, which are like sentences or affirmations. Um, so it's, yeah, it's more, it can be, the meditations can be rough in terms of physically too, but they're more kind of um, mentally based, if I can say that. Yeah. And the Kriyas, the yeah. Kriyas are like different. But that's more physical. Yeah, definitely more physical. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I laugh because there are some very interesting Kriyas and movements and stuff um, to kind of awaken this energy. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it is, it can be more, different. it is more physical, yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to join one of the, the live meditations yeah. for sure. Do you? Join today. <laughs> yeah, I'll join today yeah. for sure. Today for sure. Um, we're doing a nice full moon. Since it's full moon, we're doing ah, a full yes. moon ah, yes. uh, meditation. Okay, cool. Mm. Is it today or the, I thought it was tomorrow? Is it tomorrow? I don't know. I thought it was today. <laughs> I, just, I just looked on the calendar, I think, two days ago and they said Wednesday, but... Around, it's all in the in the energy of it. <laughs> yes, yeah. I suppose, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll check that That's, out. Yeah, I would also like to, to see how it is because I work with um, the Tao and I think I've, I've told you before, um, the Taoist energy meditation and I mean, all of, all of the philosophies have a, have a bridge to, to, to the others. And it's just the the different practices or the different ways that do the same job. Um, but I'm very interested to see. I I enjoy the Tao because it's also like everything that you're explaining and um, talking about with the Kundalini energy and preparing your body for the energy that's coming in um, and being aware of it, sitting with with the different emotions that are arising and balancing those emotions with positive emotions and yeah basically the Tao is all about just bringing back that balance because 
in the world that we live in today and our habits it's like the the negative habits not negative but that sense it, it grows like weeds it's something that happens just naturally or the love the joy the happiness these things easily get forgotten but the fear and and what gets caught up in the fears is you know can manifest in it within a within a minute especially when you're doing meditations i'm sure like people will go into meditation and they see some thought and that thought just goes to another to a whole bunch of thoughts that in a minute that you didn't even realize so the active meditation helps to just focus in on that and and sort of bring the balance back into play definitely and there's definite similarities between dao teachings and kundalini teachings overall kundalini yoga is not the only form of of form to embrace kundalini energy it's just a really great practice to contain and hold um but yeah i had a student who attended one of my courses i do sexual energy awareness courses using kundalini yoga and a variety of other reflective practices um and she had a, had a lot of experiences in the dao tradition and she said it's it works with the kundalini they both work with the kundalini energy in different mm. ways um and i suppose yeah i just like kind of adding to what you're saying is how does the kundalini energy impact your your practical day-to-day living you know i think sometimes people think oh it's this big spiritual awakening and it's like now i'm going to live in fairyland and it's <laughs> like no not bro not going to roll like that uh-huh. <laughs> um and it's about then bringing that that divine seed that divine spark into your daily living through your eating habits through your habits through your way of relating um and through what you create because it's almost like you get given a blank canvas to a degree and it's like go create your light um mm. and be mindful of it mm. Mm. all right yeah because it is that creative force that's wanting to push you in that direction of creativity mm. 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 and some of us want that like you know we are spiritual beings living as humans <laughs> it's easy to forget and we miss you know in different spiritual traditions it's like you know wherever whatever heaven is or the other side or whatever you want to call it um we miss it like it's important to acknowledge it's easy to miss and want to then embrace spiritual practices like anything to do with kundalini energy in order to get to that place as a living being but it's like it's it's important to remember that we're in this body still you know we still have this this tangible thing that we're living in and we, we you know you can't just live in your head and fantasy um you got to like bring it down you bring it down yes. <laughs> yeah that's that's a very important part in that whole bringing it down because mm-hmm. that's like the the embodiment the embodiment of that kundalini energy or that creative energy that you're working with to bring it back bring it back how you're going to create here in this world mm. to express your true being true being exactly mm. Mm. yeah it's amazing amazing mm. 
And I think just to add to that, um, you know, being spiritual is not, and and embracing the sacred is not, is not being perfect and nice and sweet and good and expressing my emotions really beautifully and nicely and packaged. You know, it's it's sometimes yeah. sometimes it is that when you're really feeling connected and expanded in that way but sometimes it's it's ugly you know the process could be what we call ugly um or raw or uncontained um mm -hmm. and that's okay too yeah <laughs> it brings it right back to the tiger, <laughs> right. that, raw, raw, that rawness just <laughs> embracing it all. embracing it now yeah. and mm -hmm. that fearlessness as well to to be able to move with those the, that not the non-perfect and the perfect all in one all in one and both are perfect but that's awesome um i don't know if i have any more questions i think um our discussion really opened up the the topic of what kundalini is all about and I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to express or share. Hmm. I guess I'd like I'd like to interview you now. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> well, not not formally, but just to ask you. I think maybe there will be value in you sharing your because um, you've also been engaged in different traditions. What is mm. your specifically in the Sangoma tradition? What is the belief around the kundalini energy there is there a different name for it um what what do you have to say about it mm, i wouldn't say that there's a name or a teaching specifically devoted to kundalini although what we do work with is the tree the tree of life and this is only in our family that uh, well, I can't speak for any other families or traditions of other Sangoma lineages. But in the lineage that I was um, initiated into, we work with the tree of life. And that tree of life does also represent, in my understanding or my, just my vision, uh, the Kundalini energy. Because it's, it's, it's life itself. It's, the roots that that go deep is the connection to all creation and, and our whole lineage um, going back to generations till you know we can't even remember and and those lineages bring the roots and the knowledge and the wisdom of all the different people that have been in the lineage and all the different tribes and everyone that's been together and comes out into a tree that creates um, life itself and the different in the many many different paths that one can take as an individual to enlightenment and I th that tree is like as it's rising to the light that's that process of enlightenment but also the process of the kundalini rising too um but i think when it comes to my training for me specifically when when we're doing drumming and dancing and the the different the the roaring and the, the technology of that really activates that energy within me and it activates that connection to to that to right down deep to to the earth all those roots and 
shut and that, that connection all the way to the top and just that dancing and the drumming and, and getting into that rhythm opens up those channels in, in quite a powerful way. Um, and I think that's that's what the technology is of some is to is to beat that that energy out into us so that we can feel it and, and express it and <laughs> dance with it and flow with it and um, shout if we need to shout because the energy is so high and, like, and all of these different things. Sing. Sangoma means the one who sings, dances and plays the drums. And so that's, mm-hmm. so that's how I've been experiencing it. And, you know, so that's, that's why I need to also go back to, to where I where I initiated in KZN to get that connection sometimes because I come back home and it's a time for me to implement what I've learned and the connection that I got and, and all of that. And, and you get back into what you need to do as, as a soul, as a person and what your ancestors need. But then they're, they're, you can get also caught up in, in the energies of the world and the distractions and and all of that, and it's also good to to go back to those technologies, go back to the roots, go back to making a fire, telling stories, um, just helping out in in the community, helping the the gogos, be the gogos, do what you need to do, because that also builds momentum for yourself. So. Yeah, that that energy that flows, that momentum that keeps you going, keeps your spirit going. And keeps all of your ancestors and your your own spirit alive, so that you can continue to shine it. And when I talk about the spirit, then almost that's that Kundalini energy, that that um, who your 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 being, your core being. Don't want it to go to sleep after you've waken it there. <laughs> with yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Totally, and I think you're touching on quite a valuable point there. That you know. You don't just wake it up and then now you can be lazy and chill and mm. um, just let it flow. It's, uh, I'm sure there are there are moments like that, but it's it's almost something you have to to work with daily. Um, in some way, it doesn't have to be extreme, um, but just in subtle ways, ten minutes of meditation or ten yeah. minutes of drumming or and like you said, obviously sometimes you have it's especially in your tradition you have to go back to the land to to connect mm. with the mm. elements and whatever else, the tree of life. Um, yeah. And it's quite interesting as you're talking, I'm thinking of, of you know, with Kundalini Yoga, we're, we're taught that we need to keep energy inside. So like during my training and my first module, I had a huge outburst where the, the energy in my belly and my gut was so strong based yeah. on the stuff happening. I just let out a full-on... <laughs> Full on primal scream, and it was it was quite an ego death for me. <laughs> um, kind of awkward, you know. Other people yeah. also had hectic responses, um, but it's sometimes you just can't help it. Your body needs to release that. Mm. Um, but yeah, with the, with the yoga, you taught you taught to kind of transmute it inside. Um, yeah. mm. But um, you know, there is definitely value to also just releasing and expressing in, in safe settings, in creative yeah. ways, in, yeah, in, in community too. Yeah, there's a big need for that. It's like, 
just that that primal roar itself releases so many different emotions it's absolutely incredible just make space it makes space for for yourself to for that energy to come back into you pure energy yeah yeah mm. totally and there's, there's so much to say about it i mean like but that's why i like how it 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 weaves into into everything into all that is um into all the different traditions into all the different ways like like i'm saying to you now if we didn't have this conversation maybe that stuff wouldn't have come out of me that um reflection of what like, the awakening of the kundalini within me through my own tradition i would have just thought that it's it's just something that happens when when you're drumming and dancing but that's what it is um it makes sense to me now and it's very interesting with kundalini yoga i've seen a lot of people who start kundalini yoga and then they start to get the calling gets louder and sometimes they they then um need to go become a sangoma or twasa or you know go through some processes that connect them to to a specific lineage um so it's quite interesting that noticing when people start working that energy it's it awakens them to to find their path even if it's mm. not kundalini yoga training in kundalini yoga it's, it could be training to become a sangoma or it just pushes you in in a direction that's going to help you shine your light mm. um, but then a lot of them do train and twasa and then they come back to to almost as students of yoga in to to actually practice the yoga to help contain continuously um, yeah, yeah contain and connect mm. 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 that's interesting um because how i see sangoma and and how i'm wanting to share with the world it, because i've i've seen a lot of people that are struggling to find their path and they confuse as to where they need to go um especially you know with the different plant medicines and the different traditions that are coming into South Africa and the different um you know we get pulled from one way to another but it's the it's sangoma training the actual connection back to our roots that that connect us to the path that we need to go and that sense of knowing this is who I am this is what um the path that I need to take so in essence sangoma is an actual the path is just the the holding space or the the way forward um for for many people i'm not saying that it's for for everyone but that is kind of what what happens when you do training of sangoma so um you may not be called to to do all of the things that sangoma do like i think i'm a bit of a mix where i do some things and i want to learn quite a lot of the zulu tradition and and the technologies behind working with ancestors but at the same time i've got a strong calling to to work with taoism to work with uh, nutrition specifically and and the diet and how the human body works and that's not really you know specifically sangoma but through through connecting to my ancestors and the wisdom that they have they bring me what they've learned and over time and time and time and that and that i can implement and what i do now is who i am so mm. 
Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Something came up, but now it's it's left me. Um, yeah, just to to touch on what you're saying, I was also, you know, at the beginning of my path when I started before Kundalini Yoga, when I started um, having dreams and sensations and I consulted a few Sangomans and a lot of them told me, you know, I'm a Stwasa and, and um, I was, that's where the stubbornness was good for me because I was like, I don't feel it in my heart. I don't feel it in my dreams yet. Um, but I'm willing to do a process, which took me to the Golbongo process. Um mm. And then through there, the dream started coming. I literally dreamt of of yoga and dance, um, which led me to kind of expanding burlesque dance. Um, so it led me to those places and led me in a variety of different directions as well. Um, but I think, and it also kind of, you know, it's also important to acknowledge that some people's paths are, they are paths of self-initiation. And maybe ultimately everybody's path is like that. So you're saying, you know, you're connected to learning and expressing and being in the Sangoma tradition and you have other talents and gifts. So in that way, it's, it's as much as you're connected to a tradition, you also, there's also self-initiation. Mm-hmm. Um, and self-initiation in some ways is, involves a lot of trust and, um, and listening to yourself, not just conforming, not just suddenly going to Twasa or suddenly going to train in Kundalini Yoga or anything. Yeah. It's it's really following, getting clearing your body, clearing your spirit, clearing your energy so that you can see a way forward, guided by your your mm. ancestors, mm. by God, whatever you believe in. Mm. Um so yeah, and like you just just to affirm what you're saying with regards to Sometimes you just need to go do a smaller process in a specific tradition. Maybe you don't need to train as a Kundalini yoga teacher. You just need to do the yoga, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that can be applied to a variety of other examples and traditions too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also want to touch on that um, that self-initiation. There is also caution and for people to be aware that okay i take it back to to my knowledge of um, diet and nutrition and my my theory is that detoxification is more important than nutrition and the reason why i'm quite into uh, cleansing and and those technologies is because it brought back for me before Sangom and before anything, it brought back that connection or that sovereignty to know um, where I needed to go and that trust um, that led me to, to the, to Sangoma. Um, because without actually cleaning the body and, and, and removing some of the, the, the toxins and, and just my normal habits of who I was before, I would have never been, where I was or guided. And I don't think that I would have had that clearer connection of, of where I needed to be without cleaning and clearing. And that goes, that directly translates to like your spiritual energy. Um, 
and where where you are like what sort of cleansings or, or releasing of old energies do you need to do before you actually connect or have that clear connection because some people do have a, a connection but how do we how can we trust that or know that that's like is it someone else that was influences that are that are pulling us in this direction or is it really truly our heart's desire to go in that in that place um so that's where like a, a tradition or some sort of um path that that has other people other souls that are working together with that um can support you but then also that's you that you have to trust them and and all of that because because working with yourself and your own energy is beautiful but it but it is only you and in your soul and maybe your guides but i'm just talking specifically now what i felt with sangomas now that i'm working with my soul and my ancestors and my team but i'm also working with the whole family and all of the the um, souls that have gone through their journey of transformation and that support um that also helps to to guide you in the right direction and and make sure that you know that connection that you have with yourself is is clear but in with all of that there's also um that connection that you have to have with your own soul so that those those ancestors or those other um part of your lineage is not pushing you into direction that they want to go in that so i guess it is a balance and a deep dance to get to know the the connection between who you truly are and and working in that way yeah and i guess it takes a lot of discernment as well and yeah i totally agree with regards to having a foundational practice whether it's a sangoma lineage or a family of yogis mm. or yeah it is important to have that support and not blindly just do everything yourself or yeah. think that it's just me myself and i mm. um yeah so foundational i think once you have that foundation don't you find you can you can springboard into into different spaces and ceremonial spaces and yes. explorations of the various paths mm. um without being you know a spiritual shopper but more yes. like yes. if you feel that safe foundation so you can kind of explore um but i suppose different also different traditions say different things they say like when you stuck to this one you must stay stuck and glued yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. which which is everyone has a different opinion with regards to that and sometimes it is sometimes you need that safety um and focus on one thing and other times you don't <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i think um i think um, maybe that's my thought um way back when was important to to keep that tradition and keep that um but now in this time and things that are changing in in the rainbow nation that we are of south africa it's it's so important for all of us to 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 do that spiritual shopping and to express ourselves and go from place to place and and learn the different things and and create something for ourselves and for for others um that's not just you know containing people in boxes 
but actually embracing all, um, bringing that one love back. Yeah. Totally. And I think we li- we're living in very complex times, you know, the, the times of, yeah, very complex times. Issues just seem more complex and layered. So it's, it's important for for people who are doing this work as healers, as healing catalysts, to have a variety of tools mm. to offer and not one size fits all. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we, we see where that goes. Eh? When people tell us we have to be in school, we have to have a nine-to-five job. It's not working. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's collapsing. Put that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So sure. it is quite exciting. Quite exciting. Exciting times. Do you feel excited about what's happening now with the lockdown and the shift? Yeah, I'm very excited. It's um. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's awesome. <laughs> I can see, <laughs> like glowing with excitement there. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm like, yes, yeah. I'm going to detox these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, it was, I think it's also that it's like people are really awakening to you. I mean, I mean the people that I've been following in health and, and all of that, I mean, I've only been doing it for four or five years, but some people have been doing it for like 40, 50 years. And they're only now getting recognition or other people starting to come on board because of this whole virus thing. But that's just a sign. I mean, that's just one aspect of reality. But that's just a sign of how many people are starting to shift and be like, oh, health is important. Oh, uh, spirituality is important. Oh, you know, and that's that's really exciting for us to, to then. It's also nice to be heard. And also because we, we also feel it when we've gone through it and we know the benefits and we can see the suffering, we can feel the suffering and, and we know the solutions and we know some solutions. And, and now that um, there's that opening for us to really share and, um, and just express these things, that's why I'm so excited. I, I want to connect with you. I want to connect with everyone else that's online. Just so we can start sharing and people can connect and, and see, oh, okay, Kundalini, oh, okay, I can come every every day, 12 o'clock, come see Chelsea's meditation and maybe that's going to start a, a huge catalyst for someone. And this is what's exciting for me, but I guess that's just my inner being and my ancestors that love to, to share and grow, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I could so, like feel it and and hear it from you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm a I'd, idealistic dreamer, and um, you know the the world that I I've been dreaming for so long is could could be coming into fruition. So you know, <laughs> you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Of course, with a little bit of chaos, maybe, but hey. That's yeah. that's yeah. part of the process. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. But yeah, mm. mm. I think we had a really good conversation, and yeah, I'm really sure. glad that you said yes and open to share your stories and everything about Kundalini. And um, I'll see you later in class. Yes.
Mm-hmm. Oh, it's probably happening soon, eh? What is the time? <laughs> I hope I'm not missing it. Oh, no, it's at 12. I've at wellness express impress. We're yeah. going to do some chanting for the full awesome. moon. Awesome. Mm. Yes, awesome. Okay. But I'll see you there and I'm um, wishing you all the best. Continue going strong with what you're doing. Continue to shine the light that you are. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing and all just keep in communication. Keep sharing online. And we'll go from there. Thank you. Satnam. Because Satnam. Total Thanks for having me.